do we grow as Christians? At Bellwether, we want to raise leaders for Christ. This month, our sermon series is called Raise, as we want to give you specific ways to grow in your walk with Christ. Join us on a Sunday morning as we raise leaders for Christ. Father, everybody in this room has known storms. Some in this room, probably many, are going through storms right now. I pray we'd know by our faith, but more so by the power of your spirit, that you are our rock. Yet you're just, you're not out there where we have to search for you. You're right here right beside us and so I pray all of us would would cling to you and know the strength and the power that that you can give and know the joy that you can give even in the valleys whether it's a valley of of pain and suffering and sickness uh, the pain of of separation a possible divorce of anxiety, depression, of facing death itself. That you are life, you give us life, you give us joy. And that we are here today, and we're here in this life now for for a great mission that you have for us. And so I pray even if we don't know that, we would walk in faith. And as we go through our work and in our relationships and in our families, we would preach Jesus not by words but how we live that's what our world needs to see people of people that just are centered in you give us that more and more let us cling to you run to you and love you thank you Jesus in your name we pray amen thank you all y'all can have a seat and uh, take your Bibles turn to two passages we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 11 and John chapter 17. We'll be in Acts first, starting with the first verse. And uh, something I, I forgot to say as, uh, as J.J. and Paige uh, was up here, but probably providential because uh, y'all can hear it now. And uh, not only do we thank uh, Kim for his uh, leadership, uh, but also, we're very excited about what the future holds uh, for our youth ministry. Uh, Miss Lori Reed and Miss Jana Brown uh, have stepped up to say that they're going to co-lead youth through this fall. Uh, and so we've got the calendar planned out. And I also want to thank, and I can't name them all, but I, you know, I called a month ago for about 12 men uh, to step up and help mentor and shepherd our youth. And I think we're at 13 right now uh, that are going to be stepping up and, uh, yeah. Praise God for that. Uh, and that is a big deal because uh, they'll be here on Sunday night. Uh, not all of them. We're gonna, they're working out a rotating basis uh, to be group leaders, uh, probably to shoot some hoops. Derek Ginn, I don't know if he's here. But, uh, and to just, uh, again, be mentors and grow 
uh, our young men and our young women in our youth ministry. So thanks to all of them. Today we are, uh, we're closing out this August series, um, so we do so on Labor Day weekend, uh, that we call RAISE. Uh, and RAISE is uh, explicitly connected to our mission as a church of raising leaders who raise families, which include youth, who raise the kingdom. And, you know, we started at the beginning of this month with R. Each letter represents a way that we can grow in Christ. R being the starting point of rise with God. You know, like our quiet time, uh, why we should be in the Bible. We preached on that. A, uh, we had our family service, meaning affirm the family, both the individual families that are here, but also the corporate family of this church. I was invest in a church, in your church. We had our baptism service. We celebrated that. Uh, we wanted to celebrate your gifts. We said everybody's got a gift. God wants to use everybody, both in the church and in the world. And then last week, we talked about, you know, it's great to have your quiet time. It's great to be part of a family. It's great to be part of a church family. But we even need more than that. We need smaller groups that will encourage us, that will keep us accountable, uh, that will walk with us, deep relationships. And so we talk about connecting all of us to these smaller groups. And we've got several here at the church. And we, we want you to be more connected. We want you to grow deeper here in relationships. And today we close with E which we call Engage the World. Now, let me say this. This is probably like my favorite uh, of, the, of the letters. I mean, it's, it's probably the most that I'm like connected to, like my DNA. So I'm like, oh, great, I got to preach at Labor Day weekend. But anyway, it, it's the one that I get most fired up about. But it's also the one, I mean, I've seen a lot of people who have all, all the other four. They're like, man, I, I do my Bible study. I got my quiet time. You know, I'm, I'm trying to lead my family. I got my family. Uh, I'm a member of a church, and hey, I just got part of a small group. And sometimes it's really hard for some, not everybody, but to engage the world. And what I mean by that, this, is the, this would be the mission sermon. Uh, this would be the evangelism sermon, what we call sharing our faith uh, or going on mission. And it doesn't just mean Honduras. We're going to show another video at the close of this service. It doesn't just mean India. And, and praise God, we got 11 people going to India this fall. Uh, it also means uh, Jackson into our schools, into the businesses. But it doesn't even just mean that. It means like one-on-one, sharing your faith. And, and I say this, I'll, I'll say it again later in the sermon, but you know, how do you know you've met Jesus? I mean, how do you really know you've met Jesus? When your faith is no longer private. Uh, it's not about like, oh, it's, it's what I, I get. And, and this is the way I used to be, honestly. And so some of you may be like I used to be, where I'd say, you know, it's okay. And, you know, others may believe, you know, what they want. You know, I believe in Jesus. And, you know, he's my savior. So I'll, I'll have my quiet time. And, and we got our deal. But honestly, I really didn't know Jesus then. Because if you look at Jesus, he, he is in the sending business. We're going to see something he said in John on this. And that he, if we're his, then... We're sent out. And frankly, if we want like joy uh, and blessing, I mean like deep inner blessing that we, we feel this purpose uh, and reason for life, it begins with him. And, and we're in the mission, we're in the sending business to, to share our faith, to share Jesus uh, verbally, but also in our actions, in our life, with just who we are. So... Today, what I'd like to do, two things, two big things. I want to show you a picture of what this looks like 
in Scripture, and I want to show you where you get the power to do it, okay? A picture and power. First, the picture. And I think in Acts 11, this is a great picture of engaging the world, uh, or what we might uh, call, you know, in church, you know, lingo, mission uh, or evangelism. And give you a little background, this is Peter, uh, who I love, who we love, we talk about a lot. Uh, But God pushes Peter to get outside his comfort zone and share his faith uh, with a non-believer. And not only just like a a non-believer, but a pagan. And that can be Bible lingo. That means, you know, someone who has no background of God and just like living for himself uh, in wealth, in power, you know, just trying to have a happy life. And so frankly, a lot lot of pagans uh, run around even here in the Bible Belt. So Peter is reporting how the Holy Spirit used him uh, to uh, witness, uh, evangelize, be on mission uh, with this person who didn't know God. So enough for me. Let's hear what God's Word says. Acts 11, verse 1 through 18. A picture of engaging the world. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the Word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained to them in order. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, What God has made clean do not call common. This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were, sent to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I should stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. All right, now stay here. We're going to go through this passage and, and break it down a bit more. But just for some of you who, who may be really like new to the Bible, like what is this saying, all this about food? Uh, Peter was a Jew, and, and he came from a lot of Jewish folks, as Jesus was a Jew. And the early church had this great debate, uh, and we may think it's crazy now, but, but really looking back, it's, it's not that crazy, that to be a, a Christian, you first had to be a Jew. And so then you had to, you know, do these laws and eat what the Jewish people ate. And, and those outside Judaism, uh, well, well, Christianity wasn't going to go to them. 
And it was, it was growing through this Jewish faith. And like God does uh, throughout history, uh, throughout uh, today, uh, he, just, he just breaks our conception and pushes us out of the box of how we want to live and how we want to think of what he is doing in the world. And so for these early Christians, Peter especially, the leader, he's like, no, man, I got something else. I got something greater in store. I got people that you never hang around with. Uh, people that you never dream would know me. I'm going to use them to reach the ends of the earth. And he's beginning to do that right here. Now, a couple of things I want to highlight in this particular passage that uh, I think actually really applies to us, even though it's a picture of this mission. You know, Peter comes back and he gets criticized. Did you notice that? Verse uh, 2, they criticized him. They criticized him for being on mission, for evangelizing, for telling people about Jesus. He is criticized. And you're like, and I'd be like this too, like, oh, we, we'd never do that. But how often might we do that in our hearts? Of saying, man, that person, uh, you went to that person? You know, that, that person who had the multiple affairs uh, and did all this? And let's be honest, he just, you know, messed me over in business? You know, you, you went to him? In our hearts of hearts, we're like, they don't deserve Jesus. And in our hearts of hearts, we say, we, we really don't want them to have this like powerful, you know, moment of baptism. And then they're, you know, they, they've got Christ. We'd rather, them, we'd rather them be out there where we can say, look how good we are. And, and look how unchristian or unworthy they are. So I, I would say that, that we do it in our heart. I mean, I've done that. I mean, God forgive me, but it's, it's in my sinful nature. And so they're criticizing Peter. You went to them? But Peter starts giving this account. And I want you to notice something. You know, Peter doesn't begin by like, hey, charging out and going to, uh, you know, going to win the world for Christ, going to evangelize. He starts out in prayer. Peter says, well, I was praying. And I really believe that, that prayer, a, a vision for mission, a vision for engaging the world has to begin first, and why we have rise with God at the beginning, in our, in our prayer life, uh, in our, our quiet time with God. God gave Peter a vision before Peter began to walk in mission. And so we've got to be centered in God. We've got to be close to him to see how he wants to use us, what he wants to do with us. So, like, if you're around, and maybe you're here at church, and you're like, well, yeah, I don't know God's called my life. You know, I don't, I don't know what he's got me to do. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I see all these other folks going, either in the schools or you know, here in the city, or, you know, I don't know. Well, hey, have you talked to him? Have you asked him? Have you asked him into your heart? Have you asked him for direction? Peter was in prayer. And then God gave him this vision. And at first he didn't really know, you know, what it was, but it was, it was striking, it was visual. He said the sheet came down. And then God says, rise, Peter. Rise. And I want to say this to y'all, I believe God is saying to many, I believe he's saying it to all of us, but specifically, uh, many in this church say, rise. It's time to rise. It's time to put behind what is to be put behind and move forward with Jesus for his kingdom and go for him. And I believe before we go on mission, God has to always say rise and we have to respond. And sometimes it is in blind faith. I'm like, well, you know, I don't know where this step is going to take me. I may feel like uh, I'm going to lose my balance. I, you know, walking, stepping off a cliff. 
But we take that step in faith. And he calls us. He says, rise, rise. That's why we tie it to raise. We're not raising you up. God's raising you up. But we believe the Holy Spirit will work when you seek him in prayer, when you seek his word. And then it says, God also tells him, you know, these folks aren't unclean, as y'all say. There's no difference. And so it rocks Peter's world just like, if we're honest, sometimes it rocks our world when different types of people, maybe outside our, our class or zip code or status or race, really grow closer to God and get connected with us and maybe help us in our own walk. It rocks our world. And you may be like, no, man, it don't rock my world. Well, let me give you two examples of what I would love to see at this church. Hadn't seen it yet. And, you know, man, we, we dream big dreams, but, you know, what I'd love to see here, okay, and God can do. You know, what if, I said this Wednesday night, you know, but what if after a service and, you know, we have communion and we're at the altars and there is uh, an older lady, I'll use that expression, okay, who no one would mistake for being like cool. And she has her arms over uh, a 15-year-old anorexic, tattooed up, pierced young girl. And they're like praying together. And who knows, maybe they're crying together. And they're loving on one another. That rocks my world. And I had not seen it yet. But Lord, how I'd love to see it here. How we should see it here. How every church should see that. Because that's Jesus' church. Something else I'd love to see. Use this Wednesday night too. What if there was a janitor who was Hispanic who was mentoring a millionaire in this congregation. And both of those dudes knew the reason the janitor was mentoring him because he had the stronger relationship with Christ. And so the, the dude with money, I don't know, millionaire, whatever, the dude with money was putting himself under and say, brother, will you mentor me? Will you share God's word? Can we meet together? That's the church. That rocks my world. It's biblical because God says to Peter and to us, there's no distinction. There's no difference. We're one of the body of Christ. And there are many different gifts. All of y'all have gifts. You know, from, from learning to knowledge to counseling to serving to going to sharing to being with kids to leading groups. I mean, all these gifts. We want to help you discover and use your gifts. But we see here, and God's speaking, at least to me and to us, that, man, there's no difference. We need to get that in our mindset of, of you know, growing, that there's no difference in, to the Lord. Class, status, race, you know, how much is in your account? Where's your second home? You know, children of God. And God doesn't, you know, put one higher than the other. And then the other thing I, that I love in this passage, and, and some of y'all have had this experience, but... Peter's praying, God gives him a vision, he goes, and then the people he meets, they're having like the same vision. And I know some of y'all have had this, that like you're praying, and then you discover somebody else that you're praying for has, you know, like, like you know, that God moment, and y'all like on the same page, like how did this happen? Well, that's the Holy Spirit. That God's drawing y'all together, connecting y'all, helping one another, being on mission. And that the Holy Spirit was already there 
before Peter arrives. And wherever we go, our schools, our businesses, our hospitals, our city, places of government, different countries, Holy Spirit's already there. If he calls us, and he does, if he sends us, and he does, and he's already paving the way, whatever we can't see, he's doing it. He's working, and we can trust in that. That's how we can take steps of faith. We're like, you know, man, the Holy Spirit's already working. He's already doing something. And we're just, we're going where he already is. And then the last thing in this passage, what happens when people go, people are sent, people share their faith, people are on mission, people engage the world, they come back and they all glorify God. And so what started out as this criticism, they're like, praise God. You know, these different folks know Christ. The Holy Spirit has baptized them. Praise God. And so they... They praised him together and they glorified God together. That everybody wins. You know, it wasn't just Peter did the work, it was the Holy Spirit. And everybody says, man, look how strong and powerful and mighty that God is. And he will do the same with you. I I believe the same exact process happens over and over again in the past up to the present. You, y'all as individuals, you pray, God gives you a vision of of somewhere generally to go or someone generally to speak to. And he says, rise, and you rise, and you go. And you see there's no distinction in someone that you thought was vastly different, maybe different in language, different in race, you know, different in in status, different socioeconomic. You realize, man, we got more in common, and we share more. And we see that, man, God's brought us together, and we see that they're praying the same thing I was before they even, you know, we even knew one another, and the Holy Spirit's already paving this way. And you go back and you glorify God. This happens, this picture, over and over again. I want to have it over and over more in the life of this church. And it can and it will. By the power of Jesus. That's what I get to now. Because you're saying like, all right, great, you want that to happen. Nice vision, and you know, you can dream big dreams, but how? And you say, you know, I, I ain't Peter. Now, and I'm, I'm not, you know, thinking I'm close to Peter or, you know, you know even down a couple of notches. So, so how does that happen? Again, that's the picture. But really what's most important is where does the power come from? Where do you get this power to live this picture of engaging the world or on mission or evangelizing? So turn to John 17. And these are Jesus' words. Where is the power? Power is very close, closer than we all think. John 17, and I'm going to read verse 13 through 19. Jesus says, and this is him praying to his father the night before he's crucified. So last supper in the prayer, and part of this prayer, I'll read it. Verse 13, he says, but now I'm coming to you. And these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. 
As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Where do we get the power? Where do we have the power? The power is in Jesus. And many of you are like, all right, I already got that, kind of know that Sunday school answer, but I want to break this down, okay? Here's the deal. How do you know if you've met Jesus? And probably all of you are like, man, I met him, I'm here. Now, how do you really know you've met Jesus? I believe you know you've met Jesus when your faith is no longer private. It's a public faith now. And as I said at the beginning of the sermon, you're not living like I used to live. Like, oh, man, Jesus and I got our deal. I'm good. I mean, I'm good and I'll respect other folks and, you know, the whole tolerance you know, word is thrown out. You know, I'll respect that, but, you know, I'm good and Jesus is definitely the way, the truth, and the life. Well, I, I really didn't know Jesus, to be honest and explicit. Because when you meet Jesus, you realize Jesus is in the sending business, as this passage here says. And you start really, literally, uh, thinking about you know, people who don't know him, and you have real concern that they would know him. I had a dream last night. Uh, I mean, I wasn't like planning this in the sermon, but I had a dream last night of a few people who didn't know Jesus, they, they don't live uh, in this city, they don't even live in this country. And as I was driving here this morning from New Albany, just so you all know, I had a lot of time to think, and I was started praying. I mean, God gave me this dream of these people. Just, well, Peter, you know, had a vision, and I was like, I don't know what that's going to happen. But, I mean, you really start thinking about these, these people don't know Jesus. And, and how, and I was thinking about, okay, so I'm not in contact with them. You know, maybe Facebook. How's a way that I could, you know, reach them? Because we still have this relationship. And God put that on my heart. And I, I, I so believe, I mean, when you meet Jesus, you, you, you really you start seeing the world in this, it's a different worldview. I mean, it's like putting on a different set of glasses. And your faith becomes public. Now, that does not mean that, you know, you know saying, you know, hey, if you died tonight, where you would be. It does mean, though, talking, I mean, verbally uh, and, and living and people seeing in your life Jesus. And, and maybe, I mean... I'm not going to say don't say that, but I'm going to, you know, use your discernment, use the Holy Spirit in terms of the relationship. I mean, you start speaking, you want people to know Christ. You want people to know Christ. That's where the power is from. And then, but you know, here's the thing I also see, and it, it kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning of the sermon. I see people who do the R, rise, of God, rise with God, affirm the family. Hey, I'm a member of a church. Hey, I share, you know, in a group. Yeah, I see people with no joy. Often, not just in here, but a lot of folks who'll throw the Christian card down and they don't have joy. And I would say the reason many don't have joy is they're not on mission. They're not on mission. Because Jesus, not only do we know him for ourselves, but he gives us this great mission. I mean, all of us here, I mean, I, I believe this all my heart, are here for a purpose, both today, right now, I mean, in, this, in your seats. And, and in this season, in this life, in this world, this is not scripture, but I say this all the time, there are no accidents in Christianity. There are no accidents in Christianity. And when the Lord calls us home, you know, as we sang about, when my time on earth is done, our, our work is done. And we get to praise and rejoice and, and glorify God and, and live forever with him. There are no accidents. But now, and we're all here, we have a mission. You have a purpose. And it's also interesting how 
you know, kids almost know this even before they know Jesus. Here's what I mean. Like, I'll ask Jack, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he's like, man, I want to, I want to build big bridges and, and I want to build big buildings. And, you know, it's kind of, I got this change the world, you know, attitude. I mean, no seven-year-old or eight-year-old says, I kind of want to sit at my desk and push paper, you know? I mean, seriously, you ever caught that? I mean, is there any kids that I just, you know, a desk job's good for me? No, I mean, there's this grant, like this, you know, there's this in us, in our DNA. As we, we grow up, we want to, like, charge the gate. You know, we have this mission. And then life starts hitting us. And it starts changing us. I'm like, ah, you know, content is, you know, that's for the best. Or, you know, man, just, you know, my dreams change and, you know, I'll do this. No! Seriously. Like, God gives you a mission and a purpose, and the reason, and probably some of you here have no joy, is because you're not on mission. And I want you to be on mission. And you're like, well, what's mission? The power's in Jesus. If you go back to the picture of Peter in prayer, and God showing him a vision, that's where it begins. But you have this great purpose. You have this destiny. It is very much internal, but it's also very much in this present earth, in this present time. To share your faith, to use a church word, but to engage the world for Christ, where we start. At Bellwether, in your houses, in the schools, in the business, what we call as you go, as you go about your life, putting on this different set of glasses and saying, what can I do? How can I use my gifts as a doctor, as a lawyer, as a businessman, as an artist? How can I use them to glorify God and share and show Jesus? And we're here to help as a church. That's what the church is supposed to be about. And there's joy in that. Look what Jesus says. That my joy may be fulfilled. Because when you're doing that, when you're living that way, there is joy. That's something else I felt driving here. You know, Labor Day weekend. I mean, I did. I left my family. You know, they're at the lake house. You know, God bless them. But I, just joy. I was like, man, I get to share God's word uh, with people I love and people I don't even know. I mean, there's joy in that. And I don't know, man, I'd love to raise a lot of pastors and preachers here. There's joy in this. There's great joy. I love what I do. I've talked to Chris loves what he does, leading worship. Our, Jill says that she loves what she does. I've talked to Jeremy. Jeremy's like, man, I love serving the church. Talked to Joseph. He's like, man, I want to serve the church, grow the kingdom. You know, it, it brings us joy, and it will bring you joy. And that doesn't mean go on staff at a church, but it does mean engage the world for Christ in some way. And there's joy. Jesus goes on, and look at this. And this is a, uh, an off often quoted um, verse that we are not of the world, you know, not of the world yet in the world. And I also use this, not this verse, but uh, to look at ourselves as ambassadors. Ambassadors. Uh, I used to live in D.C. I mean, before, uh, really before I got fully saved, went to the ministry and was living a pagan life. But, but anyway, I, I live with this uh, buddy of mine. I'll give him a shout out. His name's Hart Rogers. He, he lives in Nashville now. Actually good friends with your brother, Clayton. Uh, so Hart, give Hart some love here. Hart and I would go for runs down Massachusetts Ave. And uh, if you know D.C., that's where uh, all, the, uh, all, all the embassies are. And so, you know, all the ambassadors would work. And, you know, they're pretty nice. And then we'd kind of turn a left down a side street and see all these ambassadors' homes. We're like, wow, that'd be nice to be an ambassador, you know. All these dreams. But, you know, I've thought about that a lot this week as look at this passage, that, that we're ambassadors, and just like an ambassador from another country would live in a foreign country, but they would advocate for and, and push for the agendas of, of their country. 
uh, and protect the other citizens that were in this country. And that's how we should live as Christians. As Christians, Jesus says, uh, this is not our home. I mean, this, this world's not our home. We are not of this world. So, I mean, just to be clear, Jesus says this. When we have him, we're not of this world. But what's so interesting, Jesus says, I, I'm not asking to take him out of the world. Did you catch that? He says, don't take them out of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. So see, what we can know as ambassadors and why we don't have to fear is that we can live here, even though it's not our home, we're not of this world, but yet we're protected. We're protected by our Lord, and we can go. We can engage the world. We can advocate the agendas of Christ. And grow the kingdom. Because we're protected. Jesus says it. You protect them from the evil one. They're not of this world. So, you know, they are they're in a foreign place. Protect them. And he will. That's why we can push into dark corners. Darkest place ever been. You know, and I'm going back in November. It's very safe. But walking through, you know, in Calcutta, India. With Tabor here a year ago. Going through all these brothels. I mean, in these alleyways. But dark. But yet he and I, and I'll put you in there too, bro, have the faith that we're protected. We can move in there. It was during the day. I will say that. We weren't going there at night. But we walked in in the day, you know, to shine the light of Christ. And we can. And you ain't got to go to India. You can go, you know, go here. You can go next door. You can go in the schools. He calls us to move into the world. And the last couple things I'd say, one, you're like, well, hey, I ain't no evangelist preacher or, you know, I don't, I don't feel, you know, that's great. And I, I'm glad, you know, you felt led to that. But, you know, that's not, that's not me, you know, missionary, even ambassador, evangelist. Look, if, if, if you're in Christ, I mean, if, if you're a Christian, this, this is our gig. This is our deal. It's our call. But you don't have to have, like, certain requirements or looks or gifts or specialty, you know. Jesus didn't teach the disciples, you know, he didn't teach them good preaching. He didn't teach them, like, here's the method to evangelize. Uh, he didn't teach them, you know, here's, here's the gift set for missions. He didn't do any of that. He just said, hang with me for a while. Stay with me. You know, listen to me. Eat with me. And he says the same thing here. He says, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. You know, the requirement for engaging the world for Christ or the requirement for mission use a, a big term, sanctification, but it really means be holy. I used to never like that word, holy. But what it means is like, that you're growing in Christ. Because at the end of the day, and man, I'm thankful y'all are here, and I'm thankful other people go to church. At the end of the day, we really don't want to hear sermons. We want to see a life. We want to see a life. We want to see a life growing in Christ. We want to see that, that Christ is, is growing uh, the inside of us as leaders of, in the staff, or a leader of a small group, or you, they want to see your life. How do they live? Like, how do they live? And the way we can grow in Christ is we get close to Jesus in prayer, in God's word, and he changes from the inside out. And that's why you see this guy who, you know, or girl who's like, man, they were just nuts, or they, they did bad things in business, or, you know, they cheated us, or they cheated on their spouse, and then, you know, they have this life change, this life turn, and Christ is changing them from the inside out. And they can engage the world for Christ. 
So you don't, you don't need to have like the, you know, 10 best strategies for mission or event. You just need Jesus. And you need to get close to him. And he'll make us holy. He'll make us new. And he'll give us this mission. And then the last thing, you know, I just want to hit on this verse. He says, as you sent me into the world, so I've sent them. Again, Jesus is in the sending business. He was sent. He left the, the comfort and the glory and the grandeur that we can't even fathom of heaven and came to be with us. And now he's sending us. But you know, the key word there is as. As you sent me. He, see, he sent Jesus to save souls, to preach to thousands. But he also sent him to heal the sick. Uh, he sent him to comfort those who are afflicted. He sent Jesus to hang with his disciples and mentor them. So that key word as, I hope you all remember. Like you're like, man, I'm in, I'm sent, you know, I'm ready to go, which, you know, love for all of that you to be like, but that as is key because we, we go to, yes, save souls, tell people about Jesus. But we also go to heal the sick or pray for them or build houses, uh, or care for those afflicted, uh, or counsel, as Joseph's going to do, for their physical needs and their spiritual needs. And, you know, we, you know we, God has blessed us with a number of doctors in this congregation, which I am so thankful for. And I, I'd love to just ask you all that question. You know, how, how are you all being sent? What are you all uh, doing? And I know you do a great deal, but God's given you gifts of healing and knowing the human body. As Jesus was sent, so you were sent. How can you use those gifts to share the gospel, to share your faith? How can all of us, physically, spiritually, we're sent? But it starts with Jesus. The power comes from Jesus. And, you know, today, if, if you're here, and again, you know, it's Labor Day weekend, you know, you're going off somewhere today or tomorrow, but it starts and ends with Jesus and knowing him. Riley and I were talking uh, just before we came in here and we're talking about this joy and that many in this community don't know joy and many in this community right now honestly are, are questioning God and don't see how God uh, could use uh, the death of a young man, Walker Wilbanks, uh, for such uh, powerful breakthroughs. And you, you want to talk joy. I mean, we see the broken, brokenness in life. Yet, yet through that man's death, at least she told me, you know, five publicly that we know of have come to Christ. And I heard uh, at prep, and one from Jay publicly came to Christ. And, and probably dozens, if not hundreds, others have invited Christ into their heart in a moment. And that's happened that we don't even know of. Uh, An NFL team prayed over him. A Major League Baseball team prayed over him. Uh, his number, 65, was flown over Afghanistan. You know, prayer chains throughout the world have been going on. People who did not know Christ or did not know his work have been woken up by the power of the Spirit through what God is doing through this young man, his family, and this community to show his glory and to give us, even in the midst of heartbreak, great joy because he is at work. Death will not hold any of us back when we know Christ, and it certainly didn't hold Jesus back, and he is here with us. And so it begins and ends in Jesus. And even if you know this, I mean, I got the Sunday school, but I see the brokenness around. Take this one situation that has happened over the past week and see the joy that it has brought forth to so many and the eternal salvation that is brought to so many too 
those we don't even know. He brings us joy. He is all about joy. Even in the valley. Even like, man, all I see, it's joy in Jesus. So man, today, and don't let any Sunday, you know, don't let this happen, man. I mean, if it begins in Jesus, you know, we don't ask you to fill out a card or, or raise your hand, but we do say, man, it begins in Jesus, and it happens in a moment. Invite him into your heart. Say, Jesus, I have no joy. So I want to invite you into my heart. Jesus, I, I don't feel any purpose. Invite Jesus in your heart. He'll bring healing. He'll bring comfort and security. He's there just as he's here with us now. I want you to know him. We want you to have this great purpose. And even in, even in the dog days, the dark days, I mean, you know he's there and you have joy. That, that's supernatural. That's miraculous. That's the gospel. That's Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I, I pray that we would uh, not just uh, be used by you, be sent for you, but that first we would know you. And so I pray for people here, if they don't know you, I uh, would take this moment uh, in prayer to ask you into their heart and say, you know, I don't, they may say, hey, I don't know what, exactly what that dude was talking about, joy and sending, but man, I, I need it. And they'd be open and honest. And they'd invite you into their heart and I know, it's not just a belief, I know that you will give joy in the dark times and you'll give purpose and meaning to our lives. Thank you that that's who you are and it's who you've called us to be, to go forth proclaiming and, and preaching and if necessary, we use words, but with our lives. So dear Lord, make us holy and that happens when we come to you and we cling to you. Thank you, Father. Jesus, we love you in your name. Amen.